0: And good morning to the rest of the world as well. You are listening to What Vomit here on Radio We are your hosts. I'm Nathan Desjarnett.
1: And I am Puke.
0: And as always, there is a lot to talk about, and there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, what, what do we want to start with?
1: Well, I guess we start with a topic that's on everybody's minds.
0: I guess that makes the most sense. The good old COVID nineteen novel coronavirus going around. Do we have uh, an update on the numbers? It's it's changing so much. We can't even know the real numbers. But
1: that's true. Well, if they if they ever get the the whole <laughs> testing thing figured out, then it'll be a lot easier. But yeah. uh, the U.S. is doing looks- pretty good at that.
0: But we'll. Start with the raw numbers. We're about one and a half million, somewhere around uh, 100,000 deaths. It's under. um, It's closer to 90,000. Right. And you were talking about the the testing, getting testing figured out. I've got this interesting testing data timeline sheet that I found from ourworldindata.org. And apparently right now the U.S. is by leaps and bounds testing more people than any other country. And, of course, that makes sense. We have more people. Um, when it, you break it down to testing per thousand people, Italy is still above the United States, um, but the United States is uh, is up there above uh, everyone else, aside from Italy, for testing per thousand people. I think Germany, which isn't listed in this list for some reason, is also mm-hmm. right there around the United States and testing per thousand people. But there was uh, one day, uh, I think it was April 4th, where the United States tested a quarter million people in one day. Um, OK, so they're they're pumping up the testing numbers. That's for sure. Uh, and I think that's a big reason for the peak. Everyone's you know talking about it's the peak. Well, when you test more people, you're obviously going to get more positives. Um, right. So it's, it seems like that's the case in this situation, which, again, further proves stipulation that China is not telling the truth about something. Um, either that or just the way that their testing parameters are defined are basically fudging the numbers.
1: So I, I know we don't really do too much into the conspiracy theory world but uh i heard i heard one (laughs) where it was like you know maybe china's not faking their numbers maybe they really do have a handle on it and that's because they have the antidote
0: i have heard that one too yeah yeah where possibly they gave all their higher-ups the vaccine and they snuck it into vaccines or whatever or Possibly introduced a lesser strain or something, you know, if they had the antidote, that obviously would mean that it was a bioweapon pre-designed.
1: Right. So that would be something that they unleash and then they're able to cure their own folks all super rapidly while everybody else's economies are all clashing or crashing. Right. And then they're able to go in and buy up stocks and buy up this and buy up that. And their economy is starting to recover. Yes. So now
0: they just opened up Wuhan, um, which supposedly they're opening it up based on a, um, let me see if I can find the article, but there's like a health app that they use. And so the health app can, controls or decides who's allowed to go out who isn't and on the health app they give you a green status if you're okay or good to go and so this is also something that here in the u.s we're talking about with antibody testing so they're calling antibody testing a game changer we all know from coronavirus and past shows we've done past news people and everything else that the majority of people who get the the covid-19 virus don't have symptoms or the symptoms are so mild they don't even know they're sick and so the idea with antibody testing is we test people if they have antibodies that means they had the disease they um, have the antibodies so they have a lesser chance of getting sick from it a second time And they're allowed to go back out into the economy, the workforce, the public. Their stay-at-home order is lifted. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, Going back to the conspiracy theory side, this is also an idea that Bill Gates had talked about, um, which not a conspiracy theory. He did say this, that people shouldn't go out until they've been vaccinated for the virus. Um, and of course, antibodies is a less draconian measure testing seeing if they have antibodies instead of going and making everyone get a mandatory vaccine, which you know I'm completely against. Um, right So basically, the idea is they anti they identify antibodies and then they can return to work and go back to their social uh, lives. Their economic lockdown is
1: released. Could you imagine, like, so, you you caught it or whatever, or you're to, totally immune to it. They take your plasma or something, and then they're able to use that for other stuff. And they're like, okay, cool, you're good. Like, you don't have to worry about ever catching this. And you're, like, the one person that can just, like, willy-nilly through the shopping mall or, like, whatever's still open. Like, no mask, no anything, just walking around. Yep. Not a problem in the world. Everybody else is like, oh, God. I want to be that person. <laughs>
0: Speaking of masks, uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening locally already knows this, but Riverside County was one of the first counties in the nation to do a nationwide mandatory mask wearing, uh, ordinance where if you're not out in, or sorry, if you're out in public and you're not wearing a mask, you can get a thousand dollar fine or you can go to jail. And so, of course, a lot of people are breaking it, um, it doesn't well, of doesn't do any good if everybody doesn't do it like everybody has to do it for it to matter um, because the way that the law is written so you can use pretty much anything to cover your face. You can use an old scarf. You can use a pair of boxers anything that's cloth that covers your mouth because the idea is if you are sick and you're asymptomatic and you go out grocery shopping and even just talking you can spit a little bit and that spit lands on the counter somebody else touches Mm. it their groceries touch it what have you so that's the idea and which by the way i'm totally for mandatory masks for everybody it's whenever they start saying no masks you cannot wear a mask anywhere that's when it becomes a problem so let's block out facial recognition nobody's going to know who we are everyone's got to wear a mask the bank beep tellers are going to be scared as hell
1: yeah, it's been weird walking into businesses with a mask on and yeah. gloves and everything. It's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> oh, yeah. How's it feel to be a free man again? It uh it feels pretty good. You know, I was uh I was doing a lot of laundry, washing all my sick clothes and bedding and everything and mm-hmm. I needed needed laundry soap, so I went out and Oh, did you go to Forest actually...
0: Lumber to get your laundry soap?
1: I did not. I no. went to Village Market shame yeah well i didn't think about it
0: oh well, that that was my shameless plug right there
1: so all the laundry soap you could you could possibly need <laughs> over at village hardware huh
0: oh whoa 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 whoa
1: oh no 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 not 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 village hardware force lumber okay yeah so go to force everything lumber.
0: that's going on is uh is Pretty crazy with, especially these, this coronavirus, um, so far it seems they've changed the numbers again. And Dr. Fauci was saying that, uh, they're expecting it to drop down to even lower to the previous, uh, previous idea of what it was going to be. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, so it's looking like, at least according to the projections and the models, which are impossible to predict, they change every day based on social measures and and what's going on. Uh, where right. they were and saying until
1: everybody gets tested, we have no idea the scale of the virus. Of course, and so it's
0: so they're yeah. they're now predicting sixty thousand U.S. deaths, which is basically a really bad flu season. Excuse me, flu season, but. Mm. The reason that can be potentially hazardous is we already have a bad flu season right now. And this this bad flu season, coupled with a secondary virus, will definitely overrun hospitals. So right now we're seeing that a little bit. It's a little overblown in the mainstream media when you listen to CNN or MSNBC. All the hospital beds are filled. We're running out of ventilators. Right. When that's not necessarily the case when you look at the nationwide scale. For hot spots like New York, yes, they have a serious problem in New York with uh with that. But mm. other cities, not so much. You know, outside of LA, there's that uh hospital that the guy tried to run the train into. I mean, I don't yeah. run a train into a boat, okay. Um otherwise it you know, it seems like uh, this is going to be better than projected. Uh, seems like the deaths are going to be a lot lower and um, seems like we'll probably open up by the projected um, date that, that Trump wants to reopen the economy at the end of the month.
1: Well, I hope that they're right. I know that, like, Norway, although their numbers are, like, way better than ours, they're supposedly going to be opening up as of, like, the 27th, I think, of this month. Right.
0: You know, we were talking about Wuhan opening back up. Supposedly, uh, schools are still closed. Government offices are still closed. uh, A lot of things are still closed. So they're they're like doing a slow open, a soft open. So it's not like a full bore. Like, oh, the gates are open. People are going out and partying at the bars. You know, that's not what's happening in Wuhan. And even Beijing is still on lockdown. So it's just Wuhan getting that south opening. And interesting enough, airplanes opened up out of Wuhan and some 100,000 passengers flew out of Wuhan on day one of their lockdown being released.
1: Wow. Went um, Went where?
0: Uh, I didn't uh, see specifically where they were going. The article didn't mention that. It was just most of it was probably inside of China. I'm sure some of it was to Iran. Some of it might have been uh, outside of China to some of the countries that don't have flight restrictions from China. Um, Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm sure the majority of it was inside of China.
1: Okay. That would make sense because, you know, if I... If I was running an airport and it was like, hey, this plane from Wuhan wants to come in. I'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe
0: not that one.
1: Yeah. They can land somewhere else. Let's see. Oh, you were saying something earlier about Germany, their economy was getting back together or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find that clip. So I don't have it pulled up at the moment. So basically they're talking about what's uh what they're going to expect from um the economic changes uh, what type of recovery shape that we're going to have um it touches a little bit on um the great depression and stuff like that and and how the world economy recovered from it so this is uh, that clip
2: How quickly can the economy recover from coronavirus? A lot depends on what shape this recession takes. There's an alphabet soup of possibilities. The V-shape, the U-shape, or the dreaded L-shape. A V-shape is the best case scenario here. It's a sharp drop followed by an equally sharp recovery. It means the economy would ramp back up just as quickly as it shut down. But that will largely depend on how quickly the virus is contained and how soon people can go back to work. That's why a U-shaped recovery may be more likely here. In that case, the economy contracts, then bumps along the bottom for a while before climbing back. Many economists are betting on that scenario since uncertainty caused by the virus won't just evaporate overnight. Business owners and CEOs may curtail future investment And consumer spending, the biggest driver of U.S. economic activity, probably won't bounce back immediately either. That's partly because of lost income, but also because of the psychological toll the viral outbreak has taken on consumer confidence. Beyond the V and the U, there's the worst case scenario, the L shape. Picture a hockey stick with a long tail. That happens if the virus is not contained, social distancing remains into the summer, and businesses and consumers take years to recover. After the Great Recession, economic activity took nearly four years to return to its pre-recession peak. The Great Depression was even more severe, lasting 10 years.
0: Yeah, so basically, of course, she's in Germany talking. That's why she says uh, that's the shape that we'll have here. Uh, she's talking right. about Germany. Um, and, of course, that's. Generally to be expected around the globe. And of course, the best case scenario is the V where it drops and then jumps back up. But that is probably not going to happen, Um, Mm. especially with economies still being closed. Um, I don't think we've even hit the bottom of what we're going to see. I think it's going to get a little bit worse, but I don't think we're going to see this massive crash. uh, Great Depression um, type of crash. Uh, and we may have a a may, crash worse than 2008, but I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be as bad as Great Depression crash. We'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just have to, it's it's all just guessing at this point.
0: Right, right. And I guess um, with all the craziness going on, there's been people still going out and trying to do things. So there was a... Uh, mm-hmm a father and his daughter they were in an empty baseball field playing t ball when the police showed up and arrested them
1: so it's well, they like should know better were they wearing masks
0: <laughs> probably not so that's uh an interesting event that's that's happening in that situation um other things going on too it seems the mayor of an illinois city went to an illegal party with an open bar was hanging out there and uh taking care of all of that, uh, you know, getting drunk and partying whenever you're supposed to be staying at home and not spreading a deadly virus. So it was like a speakeasy? More or less. So it's basically like an open bar party. It was probably at a closed bar. Uh, but apparently the police uh, raided the event. Uh, it was at Hiram's Tavern. <laughs> and so there was a, a complaint that was called in. And so they went in there and basically uh Got everyone's name and uh, reported that back, and it turned out that it was the mayor's wife who was at the party, hanging out and getting drunk, Sweet. while the members of the city are hanging out, hunkered down, bored out of their minds. Which, by the way, suicide rates are up, and domestic oh, abuse course. rates are up because people are stuck at home. You know, it's like it's it's a mm. bad situation. You know, mental health and everything.
1: People's pets are confused.
0: They're <laughs> like, "Hey, I, I haven't seen you home like this in forever."
1: Right? Don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be here like all the time now? Or? <laughs> they can only wish. They can only
0: wish. It's, oh yeah, so, yeah. And I saw that uh, Chinese officials are walking back their claim that the military brought it during the World Military Games back in October in Wuhan. OK, so they're, he's kind of taking a step back and, and saying, well, it may have been that, but we don't know. Instead of saying, yes, this was it and the Chinese media and Russian media repeating that over and over again, basically, you know, brainwashing their people.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing when you have state run media.
0: <laughs> right. Hmm. So what else you got?
1: Well, let's see here. So, still on the uh, on the topic of coronavirus. Yes. Um, so, Trump's trade advisor, I forget where I saw this. Um, I think his last name's Navarro. Uh, I guess on January 29th, he put out a memo uh, that went to Trump and other people in the administration and uh, was telling them, basically, that coronavirus is coming and these projections for what was going to happen... And, uh, we're going to have to like lock everything down and all this stuff. It's basically like the earliest evidence that they can find. They meaning, you know, the, the mainstream media,
0: of
3: course, um,
1: they, uh, so it's the earliest evidence that they can find of, of somebody warning somebody from inside the administration, warning the rest of the administration about the coronavirus and all this other stuff. So it was like at the, the near end of, of January, And in the meantime, so during January and February, um, before we, before it was blowing up over here and we needed all this stuff, we sent, uh, let's see. So it was over $17 million of N95 masks, uh, over $13 million of, uh, PPE like gowns and stuff and uh, over $27 million worth of ventilators, we sent all of that to China while hmm. they were struggling with their cases, and it was super bad over there. And uh, apparently we weren't really considering what was going to happen over here. I thought that apparently was not, and
0: it's kind of interesting because, of course, Trump is now blaming Obama because... Yeah. Uh, During the H1N1, which USA Today actually reported on this, I was surprised that mainstream media covered it. During H1N1, Obama used almost all of the stockpiles of masks and stuff like that, PPE gear, and didn't replace it. And, of course, Trump Trump had plenty of time to replace it also in his almost four years of presidency and did not. So, of course, he's going to blame his predecessor because that's what he's good at. Um, while it was a downfalling, Obama should have replaced it. And Trump, being a conservative, wants to minimize his spending as possible. Even though the military mm. has gaffes and huge amounts of spending, we'll get into to why in a second. I have a theory on World War Three, but yeah. But otherwise, you know, it seems that our emergency protocol situation isn't uh, isn't happening the way it should be.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's um I don't know if you saw Jared Kushner, who uh apparently he's like the go to guy now on this this whole thing. Jared's on the case, he's trying to he's trying to solve it. Interesting. Um they were talking about the national stockpile and <laughs> he he actually said, Oh no, that's that's like our stockpile. He's like the states have to fend for themselves and whatever. It's like what the what do you mean our stockpile like, DC or like your families or no, no the, the the national stockpile that's our stockpile that's not your stockpile. That's
0: an interesting way to word it, but I I, I mean think the what he's trying to say of is states, it's for right? like FEMA, it's for the military, it's for government agencies and. I think. But of course, the Trump family, they are elitists and they think everything is theirs. So I wouldn't put it past that they're just going to steal it and give it to all their friends. Right.
1: (laughs) They're (laughs) going to like airdrop it to all the super yachts out there. Right. uh, Floating around in the ocean.
0: Oh, you got your bunker hatch open? All right. We're going to drop it with pinpoint precision with a Predator drone. Get ready.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. We're all doomed.
0: And then, uh, of course, the inspector general overseeing the two trillion dollar COVID release uh, package, the stimulus package, just Mm -hmm. literally days after this guy was appointed, Trump pulls him out. He's like, "Nope, you're not the guy." It's like, what?
2: Schwab is the better place for traders.
0: Apparently, there's an ad playing right now. Oh, yay! Yeah, so basically, after. He was in there just for for even a couple of days, and I I don't see a good reason why here uh, in this article that I'm reading. This is from uh, CNBC, but basically it's just saying that he's no longer the pandemic response um, committee head, and basically he reverts to his original position as principal deputy inspector. So somebody else maybe is taking the spots um doesn't specifically yeah, he say put, here uh,
1: he put the dude from the EPA as like uh, the temporary of guy. Of course his buddy. Yeah. Okay. So basically the person in charge of what happens to all the money the oversight for all the these <clears throat> uh, what 1.2 or 2.2 how many trillion?
0: Uh, it just says two trillion. This is specifically for the, uh, um, the so the money going to the American people, the twelve hundred dollar yeah. checks, and the payback for the forgivable loans for small businesses that are continuing to do their payroll. Um, so that's right. the two trillion. There's an additional four trillion that I can't seem to find a lot of information on, but apparently the four trillion is a, a big like big Wall Street bailout.
1: Oh yeah. So this is all the stuff when it took like two weeks or whatever for like, oh the Republicans this one guy wouldn't let it go through and then oh the Democrats they won't let it go through and they're like they're all yeah, fighting they, over
0: they wanted to take it to the four corners.
1: Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to stick all their little special interest stuff in exactly. there and grease everybody's hands and everything. But what they ended up settling on was this huge bailout to all these other people and we get like a one time twelve hundred dollar check. That we apparently have to pay back in taxes.
0: Yeah, supposedly.
1: Yeah. And it's like, <sighs> oh okay, so we just sold everybody out for twelve hundred dollars. Another giant bailout to these corporations, all this stuff. Like they're bailing out the cruise ship industry. Yeah. These these things aren't even they're not even based in the United States. Yeah, Their most corporations of them are, are set companies. up overseas, so they can't. Yeah, get Germany's rid of our a big taxes. one. Yep it's it's just crazy but yeah the guy so one of the things that they fought for was to make sure that like somebody was gonna watch over this and make sure that the money's being handled correctly
0: yeah of course you like, have to have accountability yeah. in that amount of money but when the money's going to weird places and the guy doing the accountability is like uh I think there's something wrong here and then you know of course you have the big right. guy come in and say what do you mean nothing's wrong hey, get out of here Hey, this guy get in there
1: <laughs> yeah well and trump was like you know this guy served with the obama obama administration it's like this guy he's been working in the white house for since 1999 he's <laughs> been in both you know it's it's just nuts man and uh who else did he fire oh there's another one that i missed it was uh oh, oh, oh yeah oh, the guy from I'm, the whistleblower
0: and also apparently he's got a new press secretary some some blonde conservative yeah. uh lady named kaylee mc McEn- mcenany eneny kaylee mcenany mcenany mc eneny e n a n y n n e that's how i see it all right but apparently she's a uh, she's a birther and we talked about obama and how he's from Kenya and all that. Oh, sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, the last press secretary, they didn't even do... He hasn't had any... There's, There's been no, no briefings from the white... Like, he's been the, doing these COVID briefings. Yes. But they don't do... Like, they don't have a, a press secretary coming out and taking questions. Like the last person that had the job, there hasn't even been whatever it is, press it was convention.
0: Sanders, wasn't it?
1: Um she was the one before this. This last person's been in there for like six months or something. They took over. After right, the Sarah other Hardy random Sanders. guy that, that no one's
0: seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they
1: had they haven't even done any press conferences. Which
0: I mean, I'm just saying Trump should have done this to begin with. He should have found the cute blonde girl with the face and the bubbly voice that will say anything the teleprompter tells her to. This is the person right. that he needed as press secretary from the beginning.
1: He should have got, uh, what's her name? Tommy Loren or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God,
0: no, please. No, she'd be so good at it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You just see her and Kellyanne hanging out, doing each other's nails. <laughs> Let's see. What else Kneeling down on the couch in the Oh, yeah. House.
0: And that uh, that Navy ship uh, that had all those those COVID cases, some 200 COVID cases on board uh-huh. the Navy ship, and then the captain leaked the information out, which is a big no-no.
1: Well, Okay. He, he leaked it how? I guess it was sent in down? an
0: email. So he sent an email to other people and then that got spread out. And then next thing you know, the press is covering that a U.S. nuclear uh, attack vessel is out of commission and is not uh, acting up to full operation because the majority of the crew is sick. It's like that's that's not something that you just say publicly, especially when there's a bunch of. uh War ish activity going on right now, which I'll mm. touch into in just a second. That's what I'm segueing into here.
1: Ooh, look at you.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> the captain of the ship gets fired. Um, and then basically the actor, sorry, the uh, Navy secretary, um, who was put in after the whole Navy SEAL situation when Trump went through and tried to, to interfere with the Navy SEAL situation that was going on. So this is the guy who was in after that. So he's, he hasn't even been in a year. And so basically what he said is it was naive uh, or stupid to, to do this or something like that. And, uh, Ends up having to resign over the situation because of the things that he said. So there's a, a huge disruption in the leadership going on uh, with the Navy right now. Uh, not a good time for that. Um, no. But I've got a clip about uh, this particular event. I don't know if you know who Dan Crenshaw is, the the one eyed man.
1: Oh yeah, the guy that looks like a uh, he looks like a uh, hitman in a porno movie. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what Pete Davidson said. <laughs> more, he got in more trouble or less. for
0: it. Yes, he did. And he actually did a pretty good job. Had him on uh, on SNL and it was pretty
1: good. He shouldn't have had that piece of crap on SNL. That guy's a jerk.
0: Oh,
2: it was, it was funny.
0: I, don't like I laughed. Well, here's uh, him shamelessly promoting his book and talking about it at the same time
2: on that. I also wanted to ask you about this ongoing um, situation with the Teddy Roosevelt, the, um, air, the nuclear aircraft carrier. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about what happened with the president, listen to him talking about Captain Crozier. He was the captain that put out the letter saying that they needed to be rescued uh, because there are so many people on board, so many sailors with coronavirus. Here's what the president had to say.
3: Letters should not have been sent to many people unclassified. Uh, That was a mistake. Uh, It's a mistake that shouldn't have been made because it's unfair to the families of the people on the ship because they get nervous and it shows weakness. I'm going to get involved and see exactly what's going on there because I don't want to destroy somebody for having a bad day.
2: And the Navy secretary did apologize to um, for saying uh, that uh, Captain Crozier was stupid or naive. But how, uh, you, uh, obviously you served um, and so ably. What do you make of all this?
4: Yeah, you know, this is the kind of subject I actually talk about in my book a lot, where <laughs> this one situation has caused so many people to react emotionally when in reality what you really need to do is stop and, and pull back a few layers and see what happened. And so this is how I analyze this. There's two, the two things can be true at once in this situation. The captain is a decent captain, a very good captain. It's rare that you actually garner the support of so many of your sailors the way he has. He was clearly good-hearted and taking care of his people. That is true. Another thing is also true. There was no reason to send that email out the way he did. Help was already on the way. They were already in communication with the chain of command, and yet he sent that letter out which created a firestorm and made it seem like there was the, that there was this injustice going on when in fact there wasn't and then everybody jumped on that. And he should know better. I mean, uh, while while he was he was clearly trying to do the right thing. Of course he should know better. We can't operate that way in the military where 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 you're, where you you just go outside the chain of command like that? So, um, the Secretary of Navy shouldn't have said the things he said. That was an emotionally driven statement, and I'm glad he apologized for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, God, we just need to be better because the people winning here are our adversaries because we, we do have a nuclear carrier that's that's yeah. uh, that's not capable right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And. So this is before uh, he resigned, of course. And so he just talks about the apology that was done. Uh, but enough right. calls were done where he actually ended up uh, resigning over the situation. Um, and this is a bad time for stuff like this to be happening because just a few days ago, Trump announced a an new enhanced anti-narcotic operation.
3: Um here he is. As governments and nations focus on the coronavirus, there's a growing threat that cartels, criminals, terrorists, and other malign actors will try to exploit the situation for their own gain. And we must not let that happen. We will never let that happen. Today, the United States is launching enhanced counter narcotics operations in the Western Hemisphere. To protect the American people from the deadly scourge of illegal narcotics, we must not let the drug cartels exploit the pandemic to threaten America. The pandemic of drugs!
1: The cartels are threatening Americans.
3: To threaten American lives in cooperation with the 22 partner nations U.S. Southern Command will increase surveillance, disruption, and seizures of drug shipments and provide additional support for eradication efforts, which are going on right now at a record pace. We're deploying additional Navy destroyers, combat ships, aircraft and helicopters, Coast Guard cutters, and Air Force surveillance aircraft, doubling our capabilities in the region.
0: So... That's a pretty intense operation. I'm not sure if you caught everything they're putting out there, but those airplanes he's talking about, they're about a quarter billion dollars apiece. They're surveillance uh, with high-tech surveillance technology on board. And the specific region that he's talking about... Uh, basically encompasses Central America on both sides and Northern um, South America, which is like Venezuela. You have Colombia, Ecuador's there. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Central America comes in across the Panama uh, Canal there. And so this Are you is- Are looking at a
1: map right now?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually got an A in high school geography. Uh, there you go. Um, So basically, in this situation- From the way I see it, and there's other uh, news, obviously not the mainstream, but other news outlets out there that see it the same way, where 22 partner nations coming together for this giant operation, this is... An obvious wartime operation with huge amounts of personnel, huge amounts of equipment. This is not some anti-drug operation, by the way, coming just weeks after they ousted the Venezuela president and indicted Mm. him on drug-related charges, mind you. So now he's a drug kingpin, according to the FBI on the wanted list, um, specifically for drugs. So... This is an obvious anti-Venezuelan operation, and I've actually got uh, General Mark Milley talking about that. um, More or less the same thing Trump said, but a little more
5: generalized, if you know what I mean. The Department of Defense, in close cooperation with our interagency partners, began enhanced counter-narcotics operations in the eastern Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. This initiative is part of the administration's whole-of-government approach to combating the flow of illicit drugs into the United States, and protecting the American people from their scourge. I want to thank all of our partners in this effort to include the United States Coast Guard, the Department of Homeland Security, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Department of Justice, and members of the intelligence community for their tremendous support and cooperation. To conduct these enhanced operations, the President has directed the deployment of additional ships, aircraft, and security forces to the United States Southern Command area of responsibility. Included in this force package are Navy destroyers and littoral combat ships, Coast Guard cutters, P-8 patrol aircraft, and elements of an Army Security Force Assistance Brigade.
0: Wow. Yeah, so that gives you basically a detail of exactly what they're deploying. and
1: That's a lot. One
0: thing. Oh, yeah. One thing that both Trump and General Milley say in this, and they say it multiple times, is it's an enhanced anti-narcotic operation. And you may ask yourself, well, what does that mean when something is enhanced? Well, I don't know if you remember Dick Cheney and his enhanced interrogation tactics, mm-hmm. but he does uh, talk about it with good old Sacha Baron uh, when he was pretending <laughs> to be a... Uh, Israeli uh, anti-terrorist person, pretty pretty funny. Remember Who is America? Right. Oh man, such a great show. Anyway, this is that clip uh, from that Who is America episode with Dick Cheney.
4: We wanted to see more of you. We wanted to get rid of Bush and see more Dick. Mm -hmm. Was that ever your aim? No, never was. Why is it that people don't give you enough credit for the many ways that you improved interrogation and humane torture?
3: Well, you'd have to ask them. I,
4: um, they were, they were, we had a lot of very good people working for us. Um, Torturers or uh, uh, interrogators. Sure, sure. Yeah, we don't call it torture. We, what do you call it? Enhanced interrogation. That's what we call mm-hmm. it. My
0: enhanced interrogation. So that that should give you an idea of of what they're planning to do down there in the South Pacific Coast region.
1: It was interesting that Trump and uh, who was the other guy from the uh, other G-
0: General Milley, General Mark Milley.
1: Yeah, they both called it a scourge. <laughs> yes, the it's drug like they scourge. They got their talking points, So it sounds to me like uh, uh, certain people out there listening, um, uh, if they're putting this into effect, uh, you might want to re up your stash sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh... just saying. Definitely some interesting
0: things going on. Even the Ecuador ex-president was jailed for corruption. Uh, He was in power uh, for about 10 years or until about 2017. Then he went and hid it in Belgium. Uh, And finally the court found him and 19 other defendants. And so now uh, he's been jailed. Six-year jail term. Wow. Yeah. Supposedly for bribery. Hmm. So all this going on... uh, down there in the South Coast Pacific region.
1: I don't know. I think this is just kind of how you get rid of people sometimes.
0: Oh, speaking of getting rid of people, the U.S. apparently killed an um, Al-Shabaab leader uh, in uh, Somalia. So airstrikes. U.S. is doubling up on their airstrikes at the same time.
1: Yay. Obama, kill, Obama would be proud. kill
0: those terrorists. So would Cheney.
1: Yeah, right. Did you see uh, that movie Vice?
0: I don't think so.
1: It was actually really good with um, Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Ah. Yeah, he had the voice down and everything. It's, that would uh, be good. It's really creepy.
0: Especially the way like Dick Cheney rubs his hands together, like how Mr. Burns from The Simpsons does. Excellent.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And he... Uh, who directed it? It's... Um, the guy who directed um, like Talladega Nights and stuff. Ah, uh, okay. A dir- he's a yeah, director, yeah. so it's it's kind of it's got a comedy ish aspect to it, but it's uh, it's really good. I would I would advise watching so, it.
0: Mike Pompeo has been reaching out to Iraq, and let me read a direct quote here from him. It says, "With global COVID nineteen pandemic raging and plummeting oil revenues threatening an Iraqi economic collapse." It's important that our two governments work together to stop any reversal of the gains we've made to defeat ISIS and stabilize the country. So the U.S. is making a call to have our troops remain in Iraq, which, if you remember, after the whole Iran situation, their entire government voted to kick the U.S. out. Mm -hmm. So this is a convenient uh, happenstance to keep U.S. troops in Iraq, especially since Iraq is going to be the front line of any event that may happen between the U.S. and Venezuela. Um, Iran is basically the center field for the east and the west um, between China, India, Russia, and that part of Africa, the Middle East and Europe. So basically covers that whole area. So Iran is a huge ally for China. Um basically any type of uh war situation, Iran's contingency will go go to China.
1: Right. Yeah, China, Iran, Russia, they're all they're all homies. Yeah. Russia Venezuela and all of that.
0: Well, Venezuela, with the current leader, obviously the United States uh, does not think the current president is the legitimate president. As we pulled from the State of the Union, uh, where he had the real and legitimate president of Venezuela. And, you know, he stands up and and waves with his weird, awkward stick your hand in the air and nod.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wasn't there some sort of like military takeover there? They had like a coup or something, right?
0: Well, they were basically trying to change the elections where they they held elections and the quote-unquote legitimate president lost the elections. And so ever since then, us and... Ironically, a bunch of other nations, I want to say around 21 of them, similar to the count that's helping us pull these anti-drug operations, mm-hmm. um, recognize uh, Maduro as the legitimate president, but he lost the election. He's not the legitimate president, even though basically everything that's going on there. And of course we can blame socialism, but there's a lot more to play, um, at their economic downfall at the moment. They have some of the worst sanctions in the world on them, um, by the United States and other Western countries who do not agree with, uh, with their ties, uh, specifically to China and Russia. Mm. It was similar to what we tried to do to Cuba. um, And now Cuba does not have the Soviet ties they used to, so things are are loosening for them. Right. So basically Venezuela is Cuba too, plus there's a lot of oil in Venezuela. Do you imagine all the oil, especially with how cheap it is right now?
1: And, you know, it's an unstable government, so everybody's just waiting to see, like, okay, let's get our person in there, or let's, you know... They're, oh, yeah. they're going to try and manipulate it in their favor for sure, so that they yeah.
0: can. And all the refugees that left Venezuela and went like to Colombia and Brazil, because of this whole COVID lockdown, a lot of countries are kicking non nationals out of the country. So right. if you're an immigrant, you basically have to go back. <laughs> so it's like there's no food, there's no testing, and I mean South America has limited testing anyway. But it's like yeah, it's it's a bad situation all around. I guess is what I'm getting at.
1: Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's no good for anybody. Yeah, I don't know, man. That uh, that poor country is just always <laughs> an example for everybody. Like, oh, I mean, look at Venezuela.
0: Yeah, they've they've got the shit end of
1: the stick for a while. The gas is like ten cents a gallon over there.
0: Woo! Let's go to Venezuela. Stock up. <laughs> I was looking at. Uh, Basically, uh, the rates, uh, COVID rates, South America, Africa, Australia, um, their rates are significantly lower per capita than, than us up here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I was doing a little bit of research on, on why that is. And finally, it, it clicked, came to the conclusion. It's like, well, yeah, because we have opposite seasons. So in the Northern Hemisphere, it's yeah. winter. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's summer. So the virus doesn't stay as live as long and on surfaces and stuff like that. So we, at least from what I see, if we don't get a vaccination out into the people, we can see a large increase, I think, in in the Southern Hemisphere of cases, uh, while the Northern Hemisphere sees their decrease of cases.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely possible. I want to see a list of. um, I want to see a list of uh number of people who have been tested.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I had that pulled up just a second ago. Where'd it go? I think I closed it already because I kind of touched on it uh, at the start of the show.
1: Right. So was, there is some sort of database of, like, every the number of people that have been tested in every country?
0: Yes, but some countries aren't giving data. Some data is incomplete. So there's a big disclaimer on the website to the data and and why it's not 100% accurate, which makes sense. Um, so... China, the testing numbers in China are they're not there. So China's not releasing how many people they've tested. They're only showing, right. oh, this amount of people's positive. And their criteria for who's positive. You have to be one symptomatic, two, uh, stay in the hospital, and then three uh, test positive in a sample. And so if you meet those three criteria, then, yes, you had COVID. So by that rate, then, yeah, maybe that's why only 80,000 people had it, because only 80,000 people went into a hospital. (laughs) And so it's kind of uh, interesting the way that they were counting. Um, Maybe they weren't necessarily lying about the numbers, but they certainly weren't doing an honest way of testing. You know, that's for sure.
1: And I wonder, too, how many different kinds of tests that there are, and if it's the same standards yeah, supposedly across the board.
0: All the tests are different. Different nations use different tests. Uh, the WHO, World Health Organization, had their own test. CDC has their own test. FDA approved a bunch of different testing. There's like a two-minute drive-through test they do now where they can give mm-hmm. you a presumptive positive before they send it to the CDC where the CDC gives it its actual test.
1: I don't know. So the the test that I got at the very end of the test, it's, uh, it's a little thing from Quest Diagnostics that did the actual testing and said, this test was developed and its analytical performance characteristics have been determined by Quest Diagnostics infectious disease. It has not been cleared or approved by the FDA.
0: Interesting. So, so it's just an emergency testing, basically.
1: I don't know, man. I guess Quest... So what I heard was that Quest, they're in San Juan Capistrano. Um, I heard that they were the ones that were doing, like... I don't know if it was all the testing for the county or all the testing for California or what it was, but they were the ones, I guess, that were in charge of the testing. At least this this is what it was three weeks ago or whatever when I got tested. Which Huff. is like a, a day before the California... Before Governor Newsom was like, all right don't go to bars and stuff anymore. <laughs> that was on Thursday the 19th, I think, and I got tested on Wednesday the 18th. Okay. Huh. Which I think was like 3 or 4 weeks ago now. Which by the way, this this is coming out on Wednesday, right? Tonight.
0: Uh yes, because we we did not uh go live at 9 like we normally do. So I'm probably going to release, I don't know, it might be after midnight, it might be Thursday by the time it comes out.
1: There you go. So was it Passover as of sunset today or was it as, yes. as of... Uh, yes.
0: Okay. So it was night to be remembered I guess, technically tonight. Um, yeah. So, Or no, yeah. was that last night?
1: Well, Shalom.
0: Shabbat Shalom, good sir. <laughs>
1: So, uh, let's see. I know that you wanted to talk about, um, uh, I think it was NORAD in Colorado.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I guess, uh, an undisclosed amount of NORAD, whatever that means. Uh, they moved them to the deep underground military base, the Dumb, as they like to call them. Um, And now NORAD is working in this military base in Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne Mountain Air Force Station, they call it. And that's the one, you know, that you see uh, whenever they're setting up and the Stargate opens and they're connecting to other worlds. So it's only in good theory that they're moving these people there, especially the elites, the NORAD, the people with the contingency plan. Um, You know, they told them, say goodbye to your families. We're going to isolate you when they're actually sending them to other planets.
1: They're pushing them through the Stargate, huh? Through the Stargate, yeah. Hmm. I don't don't know. Sure.
0: Yeah, so basically they're moving the contingency people uh, into the Cheyenne Air Force Base, which is uh, some, I wonder if it has the number here, because I don't know off the top of my head, but it's really deep underneath the mountain. It doesn't say.
1: So why do you think on one hand they're telling us that It seems to be petering off. That uh, you know we might be able to get the economy going, or at least parts of it. All this other stuff, like this is the the public-facing thing, and then in the meantime, they're taking all of their their head honchos at NORAD and they're stuffing them in some bunker under a mountain. Right, so
0: this is why my theory, I mean, it's one thing if you have one or two of these strange incidences, but this is like three of them uh, right on top of each other. We're doing this thing with Venezuela, we're increasing our strikes in the Middle East, uh, moving essential defensive personnel into a deep military bunker. Um, It's the the trifecta of wartime contingency plans, so Maybe these are preactive measures.
1: Well Trump <laughs> even said that we're at war and he's a wartime president.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is maybe the not most blatant war we've ever seen in the entire world, but it's uh, it's certainly a war. Um, it's been on the economic level. it's been on the cyber level um, according to conspiracy Excuse me, Mm -hmm. according to conspiracy theories, possibly on the biological level. So we don't know the full extent of this war. We don't know what the end game is. We don't know what pieces are being moved. We can only look at the actions and we can only deduct from there. So to me, this is a major change. And you can say it's because of the virus that you're moving these people there. You can say it's because of drugs funneling into the city, the pandemic of drugs funneling into the United States. It's a scourge. The scourge of cartels. Um, but we all know that the leader of Venezuela, the president of Venezuela, is indicted on drug charges. Um we also know that these contingency people at NORAD, they monitor uh, missiles and aircraft and stuff like that. They're like the de- defense personnel that Dick Cheney told to stand down on 9-11. Yeah. Um, so this is basically the line of defense for American mainland. And it's interesting that they're, they're being put into this severe lockdown watch mode where they're going to be stuck in this underground base for quite possibly months.
1: But why? Okay. So I don't know (laughs) that I don't see that. I mean, like you're saying, that's, that's not just a passive move. That's something that you do when, when something's going to hit the fan, you know what I mean?
0: Right. So maybe, uh, Maybe there's more to play than than what we think. I mean, they built the base. Of, what was it, in the '60s? Um, so I know they've they've had to do some major upgrades and changes to it for it to be up to par.
1: Yeah, get rid of the lead paint.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know a, a lot of the the U.S. military contingency stuff, uh, like the nuclear stuff, is all so freaking old. It's not right. even funny. Um, and a lot of what Trump wanted to do was to update those systems, but I don't think that's happened. And it makes sense, you know, like, it's old, it's not connected to the internet, so it can't be hacked. You have to have somebody physically in there with the floppy disk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I thought (laughs) it was Obama that wanted to upgrade that.
0: I think they all have, but I I think they've done little bits, but the majority of it is still ancient technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I saw a whole piece, it must have been John Oliver or something, on, like... The all the different stories of things that goes on and where we keep our nukes and what it would actually take to launch them and yeah it involves floppy disks for Christ's sake <laughs> it's just yep. insane yeah, yeah so, I mean I suppose we should update it the hippie in me is like why do we even have these at all
0: right but obviously for, for contingency we must we must
1: well, because if we didn't have them, somebody would nuke us?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mutually assured destruction.
1: So do we have to tell everybody how many nukes we have?
0: I'm sure we have a lot more than what we tell people we have.
1: Right. But is there some sort of, is there an agreement where we have to tell everybody, like, how many nukes we've got and where they are? I don't
0: I don't know if there's an agreement, but I do know that we do tell people, so maybe, maybe it is an agreement. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I wonder if I can find that list.
1: You have to ignore the typing like, and,
0: and clicking uh, in the background.
1: You know, I could see if if we weren't showing our hand, if it was like, yeah, we're getting rid of a bunch of them, but we got some just in case you guys are bad. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be like, I bet they're telling the truth. If
0: you try to kill me, I'll kill you. Right. So <laughs> supposedly. So there's 13,355 nuclear weapons in the world. Russia has the majority with 6,370. US right behind, 5,800. And then uh, European Union is lacking in, in the back with, so they have their country separated. France, 300. UK, 200. And. We also have China has two hundred and ninety nuclear weapons. Apparently, I'm sure it's a lot more than that. <laughs> Pakistan, one hundred and fifty. India, one hundred and thirty. Israel has 80 and South Korea supposedly has 20. Uh, I mean, sorry, North Korea. Not Sorry, um, even though they say they don't have any um, for some reason that's on that list here.
1: So Japan doesn't have any. Uh, not according to the list. Wow. I mean, if anybody's learned the lesson of what nuclear weapons can do, it would be Japan. I can understand why they wouldn't right. be doing that.
0: Well, I guess South Africa at one point had nuclear weapons. Did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Things were crazy there yeah. decades ago. Yeah. It's not, uh, not exactly a walk in the park today, but... Right, and uh I, apparently it wasn't really uh wasn't much of a walk in the park in uh Wisconsin either. They just had uh somewhat of a of a voting day yesterday.
0: Yeah, I guess they were doing drive through voting and had to struggle through long lines and stand six feet apart.
1: Okay. So in your opinion, should they have even been doing that at all during this pandemic, or should they have postponed the election day?
0: I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, other states have postponed, so I wouldn't see it as out of the option. Uh, probably would have been a good idea, he probably would have had more turnout, um, though it might have put more pressure on Bernie and the DNC uh, as he was falling behind a little bit, uh, so the DNC would have put more pressure on him. So it's kind of a, a tactical decision that local government, I suppose, needs to make. Which I, I guess the governor was trying to postpone or, or was being blocked, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. So the there's a Democratic governor, and they were trying to get it um, to get it postponed. And the Supreme Court of the state is like mainly, I think it's conservative uh, controlled. So they they were like, no way, uh, it's it's going to happen that day, no matter what. And then uh, they were trying to push for mail-in ballots. The governor was, and uh, and the courts said no to that also. Um, so, and it, I, I wanted to talk real quick about um, something that Trump said when he was on. He was being interviewed on uh, Fox and Friends, and they were talking about um, the relief package for COVID nineteen. And oh,
0: yeah, that's that Fox and Friends link you sent. Yeah
1: me. um And basically like you know the democrats were trying to put all this crazy stuff in there And uh one of the things that they were trying to put in there was like, you know, they they think that And we we can get rid of the outdated voting system and all this stuff One thing that would solve a lot of the problem is to just do it through the mail anybody who has a mailing address like you can vote <laughs> <laughs> um, and then have other, you know, things set up for, for other people to vote the old fashioned way if they need to. But if everybody right. can vote by mail, then they don't have to leave to go to a polling place or anything, you know, I mean, it's so much easier.
0: Washington state votes by mail. So I, yeah. I don't see why that's such a big deal. Everybody
1: in Idawild votes by mail. Basically there is a polling station oh. up here that, that you can go to.
0: Yeah. There's the the one we do, but it's usually not very busy. Right.
1: And, I mean, I get my ballot in the mail anyway. Like, why the heck would I even go out? It's already postage paid. I don't have to put a stamp on it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, Trump, while he's he's talking to these people, is mentioning that the Democrats want mail-in ballots. They they prefer it, and they were trying to sneak that in there. And he's, uh, he's talking about it and references it, saying that... Um, basically that if more people could vote that republicans wouldn't win elections anymore i'm i'm paraphrasing you you can play the clip if you want to
5: an email from kevin for you mr president uh if there is another relief bill how can we stop lawmakers from dipping into it again for special interest projects man we were just talking about this do you want to expand Can we stop the
3: next one? It's just just the common facts. I mean, they have a majority in the House, and therefore you need their vote, and they want to get certain things. I, I will tell you this. If you look at before and after, the things they had in there were crazy. Uh, they had things, uh, levels of voting that if you ever agreed to it, you'd never have a Republican elected in this country again. They had things in there about, uh, you know, election days and uh, what you do and uh, all sorts of uh, clawbacks. And they had things that were just totally crazy. And
1: Levels of voting. None of
0: those things sounded crazy to me at all.
1: Yeah, levels of voting. So that's that sounds like you would have so much voting. So many people would be able to vote that Republicans wouldn't get elected anymore. So he's basically now, admitting he... that Republicans, like, gerrymander and voter suppression and all that other stuff, like...
0: Well, while simultaneously trying to say the Democrats are lazy so they won't go out and vote in person, they'll just do it by mail.
1: Right. And I I don't know. It's uh, That's pretty nuts to me. I... <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, yeah, he's,
0: he's all about voter ID, which I, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm not so
1: sure about that one. I mean, wouldn't that keep dead people from voting?
0: I suppose in an s- essential sense, which is why they want it. So that way one person, one ID with your picture on it, that's what you need to vote. But I don't think that's essential for what we do and, and how our, our government
1: functions. Just have a fake ID and vote under whatever name you want. More or less. (laughs) But yeah, speaking of uh, voting and elections, let's circle around to uh, Mr. Bernard Sanders. Oh, yes. So the
0: the official announcement came, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it was uh, the 8th, Wednesday, April 8th, when the official announcement happened. Uh, and I've got uh, an article actually a pretty interesting article here from Business Insider and uh, most of the mainstream when you're looking at what it says it's Bernie drops Bernie drops out Bernie drops right. well, this one uses very specific wording and uh, the headline is Bernie Sanders vows to stay on upcoming ballots and continue to gather delegates so we can exert significance in sorry significant influence over the party platform right. So that's a very different headline than the headlines that we've been seeing all over Facebook and, uh, you know, on the mainstream news as well. because
1: the mainstream media sees it and they're like, oh crap, so... And yeah, Bernie's not taking. I, I think he's not taking campaign contributions and anything anymore. Like he's taking right. any any money that you send to Bernie, he's giving to charities that's COVID related. He's like working with people trying to trying to figure stuff out. So he was basically saying that he's suspending his campaign. And he's going to focus on the whole coronavirus thing, but still pick up delegates. So the mainstream media hears that and they're like, oh, crap, like he could still he's still going to be on the ballot. He can still pick people up. So let's just tell everybody that he's out of the race. And maybe people will just like get behind Joe Biden instead or do something else. They're not going to they're not going to choose Bernie on the ballot. (laughs)
0: Well, here's this quote. Here he says, "While Vice President, eh, while Vice President Joe Biden will be the nominee, we must continue working to assemble as many delegates as possible at the Democratic Convention, where we will be able to exert significant influence over the political platform."
1: Is that your Bernie impression?
0: Yeah, it's not very good. That's that's all right. <laughs>
1: it needs work. So yeah, I think he's he's trying to go for. Cause like in 2016, when, uh, or 2015 rather, when, uh, or no, it was 2016, but uh, when, when Hillary Clinton was basically anointed as the nominee, Bernie had enough delegates to be able to do like a closed door meeting with her and be like, all right, look lady, if, uh, (laughs) if you want my people, I'll go out there and say that you know everybody needs to vote for you i'll go ahead and say that you won sure but uh you're going to have to concede some things and you're going to have to start using my language for things if you want my right. voters to come along and and go for you so uh she had, I don't
0: know i don't i don't see bernie people going to biden for some reason the only people that would would be the vote blue no matter who people right. which would vote for literally anybody It could be a dead cat. Oh, the dead cat's the Democratic nominee. Let's vote blue no matter who.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I suppose, I don't know. I don't think there's, I don't see Bernie splitting and going third party.
0: No, absolutely not. That's not going to happen.
1: Because he just wants to beat Trump.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't think he believes that that could happen. Otherwise, he'd be running as an independent the entire time, especially after what happened in 2016 with the Democrats then
0: oh yeah and and a lot of his uh, a lot of his supporters um you know in 2016 ended up going uh, third party like jill stein i know a lot of bernie people who who voted jill stein right. um so that was a a big factor in in trump winning 2016
1: there were bernie people that hated hillary clinton and when bernie supported or he was like all right everybody vote for hillary they were like Oh, you're one of them. Like, how could you? And they just mm-hmm. turned bailed party yeah, and I voted knew. for Trump.
0: Yep. I knew quite a few people who were
1: who were like that. I mean, that's just extreme.
0: So, um, I mean, I did not like Clinton either, but it didn't uh, make me go out and vote for Trump because I didn't like Clinton. That's for sure.
1: Right. Yeah, there's no, no. There's no way I would could never vote for that dumpster fire. Trump, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh yeah, let's see. Um bump.
0: Oh, yeah, and speaking of the dumpster fire, I guess uh he was threatening to freeze funding for the World Health Organization. Right. So, and you know, as soon as he does that, I guess a bunch of other uh World Health, uh, or sorry, a bunch of other nations announced their support, uh, for it.
1: What nations?
0: Uh, it doesn't seem it says uh, specifically here.
1: Because if it's like... Like the Rhode Island of countries... <laughs> Botswana... I don't know if that's a country. Borneo? Mmm...
0: Yeah, I don't see specifically what countries were showing their support, but
1: Ah, apparently the
0: direct quote was, he thinks uh, the nations of the world for supporting the World Health Organization. And this is the uh, the director, Director General.
1: Okay, so they're supporting the World Health Organization. They're not supporting Trump not wanting to pay? Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Let me
0: see if I can get this clip to play about this.
3: World Health Organization, because they really are, uh, they called it wrong. They called it wrong. They really, they missed the call. They could have called it months earlier. They would have known. And uh, they should have known. And they probably did know. So we'll be looking into that very carefully. And we're going to put a hold on money spent to the W. We're going to put a very powerful hold on it. So is the time to freeze funding to the WHO
2: during a pandemic? No, no, maybe
3: not. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but we're going to look at it. You did say that. We give a tremendous — no, I didn't. I said, we're going to look at it. We're going to investigate it. We're going to look at it. But we will look at ending funding. Yeah, because you know what? They called it wrong. And if you look back over the years, even, they're very much Uh, everything seems to be very biased toward China. That's not right.
0: Alright, so at the beginning of the clip, for some reason, the sound guy had the gain cranked to max, so he sounds all distorted. But, (laughs) yeah, that's that's Trump freezing U.S. funds, and then later saying, oh no, I didn't say we're gonna do it. I said we'd think about it.
1: Right, right after he said that he was gonna do it.
0: Yeah. I'm not touching you. Right.
1: Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. um, I don't know where he... (laughs) It's kind of the pot calling the kettle black for him to blame the World Health Organization for not jumping on this whole thing sooner when Trump delayed his response by months. Where he was like holding rallies and going to play golf and totally downplaying the whole thing it's going to be gone by april well here it is april 8th and it's still very much a thing it hasn't gone down at all there was like 900 something new deaths like just yesterday we just passed like italy i think or spain or somebody with our number of of deaths
0: let's see uh not yet we're above iran
1: okay but we just passed somebody i think it's Italy. Iran. Iran? Yeah,
0: I know. Uh, it, yeah, Italy's got like almost 20,000
1: deaths. Oh, wow. Okay. I saw both them and us at, at like 17 something. But that's obviously outdated information.
0: Uh, well, uh, maybe this one's wrong then. Because what I'm looking at, let me find a different chart. Because for some reason, this John Hopkins chart is, it says that there's 4,500 deaths. And it says U.S., but it also says New York next to it. So I don't know if it's separating New York there or what. Hmm. So This chart's trying to trick me.
1: Because if I go to uh, the Worldometer.
0: I was looking at John Hopkins. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're at 17.6. So we're like right neck to neck with Italy.
1: All right. That's just, that's nuts.
0: Yeah, it was an additional thirteen hundred deaths. Uh that was yesterday the eighth when those thirteen hundred deaths came in, so
1: Yeah. And who has who has the most, like the highest number of deaths? Is is it Italy still? Or is it Spain? Uh, let's
0: see. Uh looks like it's still Italy. Yeah, just barely, though.
1: See, and theres I know that there's other deaths that are coronavirus-related that aren't being counted as coronavirus deaths, and there's probably deaths that are being counted as coronavirus deaths that aren't coronavirus-related.
0: Oh, absolutely. So uh, I had an article on this. I wonder if I still have it pulled up on my phone, um, where one of them was basically talking about how China was trying to downplay it, whereas people would die from COVID, and they would find anything else to say they died from. So, right. if like the guy had a broken leg or something, and then he was in the hospital, and they tested him, and he had COVID, uh, no, he died from a broken leg. Or if somebody had uh, COVID, but they developed pneumonia, the pneumonia killed them, they didn't die from COVID, they died from pneumonia. And so, the China was doing stuff like that, um, while at the same time, the U.S. was doing the opposite. I don't have the article here, but... Uh, I forget her name. The lady who's been up front with Trump um, at all the meetings and Dr. Fauci, um, she claimed that uh, we're basically calling anything a coronavirus death. So if you have covid and you die from anything, it's a covid related death. So they're counting it as a death.
1: Oh, gotcha. Because you died while you had it.
0: Yes. Whether or not it was something pre-existing or whether it was, let's say, uh, you had like a kidney issue and then you had organ f- uh, failure while you had COVID. So there's they're calling it a COVID death. Well, I think As that's fair. To, I think so, too. But uh, the fact that other countries aren't saying that means that there's a difference of testing across the board. So we're going to get some. Attacks. That's going to be, you know, talk about. Oh, all these other countries uh, did so much better with their deaths and their testing. It's like, oh no, actually, the U.S. did better with testing. That's why it looks like we have a lot more cases and deaths per capita because we're testing a lot more per capita.
1: Right, but we we still haven't been doing testing like like South Korea did testing and all of that they were uh, like,
0: per yeah not not per not per capita uh, but total number of tests yes we have done more tests than South Korea but uh, per population South Korea and Italy uh, both did more tests than US
1: right per capita I guess yes is per the, capita there's so many different ways to look at this so okay hydroxy what is it hydroxychloroquine have you heard yes. of this yes the miracle drug. So somebody on Fox news had mentioned this and Trump happened to be watching TV and now he's convinced that this is, he even said well, that he's going to start. It's taking been it talked himself. about a,
0: a lot more than, than on Fox news. It, I mean, it is a pretty well-known drug. I'm just guessing um, that's where a, he heard it. Right. It's an immunosuppressant. So basically what it does is it prevents your body from, fighting the virus too hard and that's what a lot of the deaths come from a lot of the pneumonia is from um, your body and the white blood cells creating fluid in your lungs and then you get the serious pneumonia and you die from that and so what this does is it it may prolong your illness a little bit but you won't uh, develop severe pneumonia so, so that way it gives you less of a chance uh, lessens the symptoms so your symptoms become less uh, because your body's not fighting it so hard um, and that kind of helps to prevent lung damage and, and other things like that. So that's the theory. And, of course, uh, the FDA just approved it uh, under specific dosage. Um, also, uh, something that I thought was interesting, which kind of makes sense to uh, to why it's being pushed so hard, but apparently there's uh, a little bit of tie between Donald Trump and the hydroxychloroquine.
1: Oh,
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, the huffington post which, you know of course Huff, huffington post woo, <laughs> they reported that uh, there's a stake that the trump family uh, has in the company that produces the anti malaria drug oh. and so he's out there saying take it I mean i have a good feeling i i think it's good it'll be great it'll trump be awesome or Kushner? trump okay I mean, it just says, uh, yeah, President Donald Trump reportedly owns a stake in a company that produces hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malaria drug that he has repeatedly touted uh, as a coronavirus Uh. treatment, even though experts say there is no strong evidence that it works. Yeah, yeah, there is.
1: So he's basically just doing an infomercial.
0: More or less. Um, But I mean, at the same time, if it does work. Sweet, That'll be awesome. But we just don't know yet. Um, it's good to, to use it, to test it, to see, to keep doing uh, these control testings, uh, you know, like Dr. Fauci had said. Um, but at the same time, Trump kind of turning around and saying, oh, it's so good. And then you have these idiots who go out and literally drink aquarium cleaner because it says on the back it contains a little bit of hydroxychloroquine. Right. So you get stuff like that that happens. You get people in other countries who die because they've been overdosed with the drug now be it by doctors who don't know how to administer it or the they read it wrong. It's an imperial and they're using a standard or whatever, you
1: know. Mm-hmm. Well, they use the drug Metric for standard. lupus patients and there's people yeah, they used it for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, there's people that can't get their medicine because there's been cases. There's doctors that have been hoarding this hoarding, medicine yeah. now that are like, oh, Trump says that this is the miracle cure. Like. So I'm gonna stockpile a bunch of this myself and not give it to anybody else because that's you know America first. Hell yeah, America, America. But uh, yeah, man, it's just I don't understand why somebody would just like how can you just ignore <laughs> like it's it's Trump's FDA now, right? like everybody that was worth anything that worked there, they've all resigned or been fired or whatever. Like, and he's just put whatever stooges that he wants in there. Right. So
0: Uh, it's kind of interesting because at the same time, apparently there's another drug, uh, that has been making the rounds after somebody released a study and said that a deworming medication, uh, called Ivermectin, apparently uh, can kill the virus, according to the study. So what happened uh, is Tractor Supply has an injectable version that apparently is specifically um, meant for animals. And so the Tractor Supply got a hold of all their retail stores and said, hey, pull it off the shelf, do not sell it. Um, Because apparently they're worried that people are going to do the same thing with the hydroxychloroquine and kill themselves with it.
1: Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so... They're pulling uh, that product off the shelf temporarily until they can either investigate it more and see if it's safe or exactly what they're doing. Um probably a big reason they pulled it off the shelf is because they can make a lot of money off of it if they can get it approved for human use.
1: Right. I mean That's my theory. There's just follow the <laughs> money, man. That's all you can ever yeah. say, follow the money. Yep. Well, at least there's people that are doing good things around this uh this time and I I definitely want to see more of this. But uh I thought it was really interesting. So, Jack Dorsey, who's the uh the CEO of Twitter. Um I'm looking at this article now. It's from The Hill. Uh, it says Jack Dorsey committing one billion dollars to coronavirus relief efforts. And I'll just read a little bit here, a couple paragraphs. Uh, Twitter founder Jack Dorsey announced Tuesday that he would transfer one billion of his equity in Square to a new foundation that will support coronavirus relief efforts. Before transitioning later to focus on other causes, the uh, the foundation would transition. Uh, In a Twitter thread, the billionaire CEO explained that the newly founded Start Small Foundation would support global COVID-19 relief efforts before transitioning after the pandemic's resolution to focus on supporting universal basic income experiments, as well as health Mm. and education efforts aimed at young women. So he said, after we disarm this pandemic, the focus will shift to girls' health and education and UBI, Dorsey wrote. Why UBI and girls' health and education? I believe they represent the best long-term solutions to the existential problems facing the world. UBI is a great idea needing experimentation. Girls' health and education is critical to balance, he added. Okay. So that's <sighs> uh, that's pretty cool, man. A billion dollars, dollars—that's that's definitely something.
0: Yeah, it's better than what a lot of people are doing. And, it, you know, kind of interesting you mentioned, uh UBI because that reminds me that Spain is moving to establish their own permanent version of uh, basic income.
1: So that's after recovering from all of this, you know, they, they figured out that, like, you know, if we had a universal <laughs> basic income, this wouldn't have collapsed the way that it did.
0: Right, if money kept coming in, money would keep flowing and taxes keep moving and, and you know, in the long term, you know, I could see why I mean UBI is not a, a new idea and it's it's definitely interesting. I personally like the idea that I spend my money, my tax money, better than the government spends my tax money. Right. So I'm I'm not necessarily against that idea.
1: Yeah, it just comes directly back to you. I mean, you pay into the <laughs> system so much. You lose so much money <laughs> that it right. should be yours. And that's, that's um, you know, and they, they say that people will like, end up leeching off the system and all of that stuff. And yeah, I, the
0: payments aren't really that much to live off of. It's just more of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Fail safe, safety net, extra. I mean, you could right. put it in savings and you could buy a, a car. You know, in one year off of just your UBI. So I guess the the Spain plan would be a uh, guaranteed um, $1,000 a month, they're saying. But it's still being written, so they're not 100% sure how it's going to end up being. But that's kind of the rough idea, which is basically what uh, um, Andrew Yang's plan was.
1: Right, right. Yeah, if I was if I was getting a thousand dollars a month, it's not like I'm, you're not living off of that. You'd have to be doing something else on top of it for sure. Oh and yeah, then I mean it's just extra here
0: in Southern California. That's like not even rent, right?
1: But you know, if that's if you're working a regular job and and doing that, and it's just an extra thousand dollars, like you're hopefully saving that. I think after this right. this whole financial hardship that everybody's going to be going through maybe people are going to smarten up and start saving their money now (laughs) maybe in a mattress just in case the banks (laughs) (laughs) decide that they're going to go under
0: hey if uh if the federal reserve goes under then that um, won't be worth any more than toilet paper which as we've learned apparently there in the apocalypse is actually worth quite a bit
1: i guess so i don't know i'm gonna start um when we go back to normal and I start working at the brew pub, I'm gonna make sure that they order extra on the uh, on the toilet paper. Some of these giant boxes come in, and we can just <laughs> stockpile it. Yep, it's these massive boxes. You can get it from Cisco, so just get it, get an account with Cisco. Somehow they'll they'll run a run a credit Drop check. Drop a h- on whole
0: inside. pallet of toilet paper at your house.
1: Absolutely, it's pretty cheap one ply stuff, but you know you got so much of it you can double up why the hell not right so uh um, okay twitter we did that oh yeah <laughs> so um so right now we're on uh, we're using skype for this um partially and then
0: oh yeah cuz we have to keep our social distance
1: yes uh so <laughs> but there's another company called zoom which everybody's been talking about lately and it's it's been really interesting to me with people being like oh zoom it's been so amazing with how we've been able to do this and well it's like Skype has been around for how long now this is not a new thing and zoom did not invent right. it but apparently there was, there's there's been a little flaw with this whole zoom thing so um so Skype is free but like zoom uh there's a there's like it starts out free but uh if you need to like have like 500 people in on the same video conference or something, like you can do that with Zoom um with like a paid tier sort of thing. So you pay them a monthly thing and then you can get hundreds of people or thousands of people or whatever. So apparently what they didn't realize was that uh their their system was pretty hackable because um, when this whole pandemic thing started happening and people – We're looking for new ways to to reach out and touch someone. Sure, start having your private company meetings on uh, Zoom. Right. So uh, so they've got all these private company meetings. Um, Zoom is like, okay, there's this huge demand for it. Let's just get this out there. And uh, so (laughs) they beef up all of their software and everything, their servers and all that stuff. And uh, the massive launch and it's hugely successful and their stocks going up and everything is wonderful. So it turns out that there was a a backdoor way in. And some of the stories that I saw about this were were actually pretty funny. So obviously there's stuff that we're not going to hear about, which is like, okay, sensitive information about these companies that's and now leaked to whoever.
0: On the dark web, probably. Yeah.
1: But uh, there was a guy who was giving a presentation <laughs> to, like, I, I want to say that it was, like, 50 people or whatever. And as he's doing it, like, somebody starts drawing on the screen, just starts drawing a big dick. <laughs> 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 like It's like it's a big dick and balls. And everybody's like... <laughs> Oh my God, what's happening? Like starting to get, you know, really upset. And then they start, like They just bombard the chat with all this, like white supremacist stuff and whatever. It's basically, it sounds (laughs) like, like 4chan people that are just, you know, some hackers who are like, let's have some fun. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, supposedly they've, they've gone in the, that back door and, uh, and closed it up and, and, Made it safe, quote unquote, and, yeah. and not hackable. But uh, <laughs> I thought that that was pretty funny. That was just one of the stories. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of crazy stuff that they uh, that these guys were able to do in Zoom.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy to think how much access you give your video camera and microphones. You know, your webcam is plugged into your computer all the time, your microphone on your phone or on your laptop. It's connected. It's on all the time. Yeah. And apps can access it anytime if you have that setting turned on in your, in your privacy settings, either for your Windows 10 machine or Android. You can control what applications can, can talk to your microphone. Right. And, of course... I would suggest everyone to do that. And when you're not using your webcam, when you're not using your microphones to unplug them or if they're internal, turn that setting off because um, anybody can be hacking in at any time from anywhere.
1: For sure. Like right now on, uh, on my laptop, which I'm doing this off of, um, Skype is the only application that's allowed to use my microphone at all. Um, which I'm not even using the microphone on the laptop. I'm running a separate rig. And then I've always got the webcam covered up. Uh, my parents on their laptop, they uh, they use a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so that way, like, if you've got... So I've got kind of a newer laptop with Windows 10 on it, and it, it does, like, a facial recognition thing to be able to turn on. Uh. So I can't just permanently cover the camera or permanently have it disabled. So I've just got, like, a little business card thing that I fold up and, like... A little flap? (laughs) Yeah, just stick it over the top right there, cover it up. So at least uh, I know that the microphone's disabled, and uh, nobody's going to be staring at my pretty face while I'm doing these uh, word vomit episodes with you. (laughs) who knows what they're
0: selling on the dark web these days.
1: So did you you have much of anything else there?
0: I think... That was everything. The only other thing I have open here is uh, apparently um, Jimmy Kimmel is going to be doing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that just starts today, right? I think. Oh,
0: yeah. I guess guess that is today. I just know
1: that from seeing commercials and shit. Ah. Nah. Yeah, I
0: I was never really into it.
1: Let's see, because yeah, we did all of that. So, uh, the last thing that I've got is actually sort of on a positive note. Um, sweet. Yeah. How about that? And so, one, uh, pleasant side effect to this entire coronavirus thing that I know that we've talked about a little bit before, um, is, uh, you know, if you're one of those environmental, uh, warriors out there, um, you have probably already seen some reports and stuff of how much pollution has gone down at first it was just in china um you know we could see a drastic reduction of toxic gases and stuff that were hovering overhead and stuff um i think from we could see that from space <laughs> right and it, and it all cleared up we were talking about that, so uh, so now that it's spread around all over the place, and lots of major metropolitan areas are closed down, and people aren't on the freeways as much, and all of that, um, except for some jerks out there trying to get their get their kicks. <laughs> There's nobody out. Gas is so cheap. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um. Anyway. So. There's been a, a drastic reduction in greenhouse gases and all of that. Like the the ozone has basically repaired itself. Um, there's there's all sorts of data that, that climate scientists have been able to gather during all of this, which never would have happened otherwise. There would be no other oh, way yeah. for them to be able to collect this data. They can only like, oh, well, scientists say that it's, you know, if we stop doing this, then these numbers are going to go down and whatever. And somebody's like, yeah, that's a bunch of BS because I've got a scientist over here that says that it would actually be the opposite. And that if we all stop and, you know, it's always something. So now at least whenever the hell we end up getting back to normal. Now, climate scientists are going to have irrefutable data (laughs) that they are going to be able to use to hopefully be able to pass some sort of legislation or uh, convince people somehow. Maybe it'll be easier. We're going to have some sort of like hands across America, but like world version, like a we are the world thing. Everybody's going to heal and kumbaya and stuff and we'll get it all figured out. I don't know.
0: Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at uh, IQ Air, which is a, a Swiss company that monitors uh, air pollution. Mm-hmm. And apparently, right now, L.A. is w- one of the best uh, cities when it comes to air quality at the moment. So it's the best it's been in a long time. And supposedly, uh, you know, doctors used to say that back in you know the 80s and early 90s, uh, That living in L.A. was the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day just because of the air pollution. And so now with the air being so clear since there's no pollution, you know, it's a a drastic difference.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) I remember as a kid when uh, as like a little kid and even as a teenager uh, having to drive into L.A. and like as soon as you crest over the hill and then you can see the skyline and everything, it was always like, ugh. You know? Right. <laughs> it was only when it was at night and it was all lit up, it would be like, oh, look, you know, there's there's LA. But yeah. if it was during the day, it would be like, God, that's gross. We're going to drive into that right now? Ugh, okay. <laughs> Breathe it? Yeah, terrible. But now I bet, man, you know, if I was one of those jerks who was out traveling around right now doing fun stuff instead of being inside i would be going to griffith park <laughs> and checking out the uh the view without all the smog but um i digress plus it's it's like yeah. rainy and could stuff be. right now so don't do it
0: could be good anything else uh, we want to cover before we shut out the sponsors
1: um no i think that's it heal the world and we're gonna get through this and you know, I get tired of people saying stay strong and stay healthy and stay safe and all that stuff, but uh, it's true. Do that. Wash your hands.
0: <laughs> Wash your hands. So big shout out to our sponsors, uh, of course, to Pearl Car Services, the Idlewild Songwriters Festival, Forest Lumber, and everyone who's listening right now. And if you like what you're hearing, you can always donate or become a sponsor, you can just go to radioidowild.org and find all the links there on exactly where to go, what to do. And, of course, you you can find previous episodes and future episodes there as well. And, again, that's radioidowild.org.
1: Like and subscribe. Hit me on the DMs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week. Signing off.
0: Usually, we're Wednesdays, 9 a.m. Hopefully, we can keep that going. But otherwise, we'll be just releasing it throughout the day sometime Wednesday, depending on the situation, what's going on with all the craziness in the world right now.
1: Are we going to start doing Sundays, too? Did we talk about that? We should. Yeah, we should. There's a lot of stuff going on. How about uh, if you guys are listening, reach out to us and let us know if you want to hear us on Sundays, too.
0: All right, if you want the twice-the-week hookup, let us know. All right. See you guys either Sunday or Wednesday, we'll see how it goes. So we'll uh, check us on Facebook and get the updates and
4: stuff.
1: Much love, everybody.
4: Peace! I'd like to speak to the coronavirus.
1: He's possessed. Get this man an exorcism.
2: What vomit!